Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose, and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message. Just go on this journey with me, and this is going to be awesome. So I want you to, I want you to kind of get this, okay? So here's where we're going to start. I need you to understand that we're, t- we're going to first talk about ability because I think praying is us finding the ability in the Word of God. Now, I got I to gotta build this because if you don't build it, I might get too far ahead of you, okay? The Bible says that hope, faith, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, okay? Now, hope doesn't really... Um, do too much without faith, and faith can't do much without hope, but hope isn't enough, okay? So let me just show you this. So hope is found from the Word of God. I have a situation. I got a circumstance. Maybe you got a bad doctor's report. Maybe you need a breakthrough. I don't know what you need, but whatever you need, sometimes we have to have hope beyond what the natural circumstances of life are saying. So we find hope from the Word of God. But once we find hope, hope isn't enough, okay? Because now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. So understand that the only way to have the hope exchange is basically to turn hopes into faith and faith to manifest what you're believing for, okay? So that means this. There's a ton of ability in the Word of God, but we have to learn how to positionally access this stuff. So hope, what it does is this. It brings me to a place of faith, but hope isn't enough. Faith then released through prayer, I believe, and confession, the two number one ways to get rid of words is through prayer, communion with God, and confession, has now released the power and ability that was in God because hope comes from the word, and in the word is the, is the currency of the faith needed to produce the promise that you're believing God for. So with that being said, ability is abiding in Jesus. Okay? And God in me and you, according to the degree that the word of God is in us, that's big. Because how much of God's word do you got in you? That's huge. Jesus said in John 15, 7, and you don't have to turn there. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask me whatever you will, and it shall be done unto you. And and man, when you get that, you start understanding, man, like, wait a minute. Well, how much am I abiding? If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, how much word do you have abiding? In the beginning was the word and the word, John 1, 1, and the word was what? God and the word was made flesh, 14, and dwelt among us. So in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. Go look at John 1, 1, let them see that, because if you see that, that's going to make sense. John 1.1, 1, 1. you got to see this because this is big. Because he said what? He said, in the beginning. 
In the beginning was the, you see it? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You know, you can look at it in the Passion. You want to pop that up there? It reads a little bit. Uh, it kind of lets you understand. In the very beginning, the living expression was already there, and the living expression was with God, yet he was what? Fully God. So the Word and God are one, and God and his Word are one. Right? Well, you say, I, that's simple. Yeah, okay, well, if that's simple, how many times do me and you go to the Word of God when stuff blows up, but we go, okay, that's, well, you know what I'm saying. It all, we know it, but are we, you know, knowing something, um, having a biblical knowledge of something is one thing. Having mental agreement is one thing. But how many of you know until your beliefs are released, they're not producing any fruit? So that's big. So it, look at, if you look at Hebrews, just let's go to Hebrews 1.3. King James is great. Who being the, now this is what we're talking about, Jesus, being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power. So the power is from the word. Right? When he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of majesty on high. So Jesus explained, Jesus was the exact expression of God's substance. He was the exact personality of God. Him and the Father are one. So God released his ability in word form, and it upholds all things. The whole universe stands in obedience to his word. God's ability is in his word. You got that? So in the word is the ability to produce the word. We must learn that we must release the ability that is within us by rightly understanding his word in the earth. Because that was John 16, 33. Like, in me, you might have peace. Jesus starts giving these scriptural examples. He said this, I have spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. So why did he speak these things? So you can have peace. Why did he give you the word? So you could peacefully calm some storms. Now, the word of God is quick and powerful. Look at Hebrews 4.12. Important stuff. Look what it says here. Look at this. God's word is alive and powerful. Okay. The word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even through the dividing asunder of the what, the soul and the spirit, the joints and marrow, 
and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That word, God's word is alive, powerful, it's, it's a living substance, it is a law. It's a law of the spirit. It's more powerful than the laws that govern natural stuff. You know, like gravity's a law. I always, I always like, like in faith to that. Like, can you, like, right, like say, I'm, I'm gonna try this, pray to God everything works out all right. Right, gravity's a law. So like, if I throw this phone up, right? Right, gravity, like, I don't believe in gravity. Gravity, what goes up must come down. So you can't see gravity, right? Gravity is here. It's a law, but we don't see it. So when you defy it, whoa, see, I knew it was going to fall. Come on, right? Come on. It's one of my catching ability. But you see gravity. Goes up, must come down. But I don't see it. But it doesn't mean you jump off a building. Just because you don't see it, you know that law is there. Faith is a law. Even though you don't see it, it's working, and we must release these abilities that we have through prayer. These spiritual laws continue to work even though you don't see them. They can work the same today, yesterday, and forever, because God changes not. Because I think it's big, man, that 2 Corinthians 4.18, Jesus explains it there. This real world is real. No, 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 no. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. Wow. That's really trying to get your focus off of what it shouldn't be on and put it on God. Well, Pastor Chris, how do I know I could really go there? First Peter, look at First Peter 1, 23. Now, a lot of us quote 124 and 25, you know, 23 will set you, set you. What I should have said is a lot of people don't understand verse 24. For all the flesh is as a grass, and the glory of man is the flower of grass, and the grass withereth, and therefore the flower falleth away. The bottom line is if you get 23 figured out, you'll understand this. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth for how long? Ever. See that? So he's saying the grass... Grows, grass dies, flowers come, flowers go. Everything falls away, but the word of God lasts forever. He's saying natural things are going to come and go. But faith, the word, this stuff ain't leaving. The word of God liveth and abideth forever. God's word is a living person, and his name is Jesus, and he abides forever. Now, if him and his word are one, that's what you understand. The reason... You have eternal life is because you would receive an eternal word. That's why we live forever, because that seed in us now is born again experience is from the living word. 
that word liveth and abideth forever. That's why you liveth and abideth forever. You got in the word and you got in the name of Jesus. You got in the name of Jesus. You got in that word. The reason we have eternal life is because we receive the eternal word in your spirit and he is life, Zoe. The word of God is eternal and guess what? It produces after its kind. Now, people are messed up by doctrine and religion, but that's the truth. And I'm not going to get there because, you know, I've been, uh, I've been um, a little rough uh, on this uh, subject. And you know what? Forget it. People are going to be what they I'm going to teach you the purity of the gospel. Let everybody else do what they want to do. I'm talking to the listeners of Relevant Church and the partners with the ministry. You guys are my assignment. What everybody else is doing, I don't care. I care what you're doing. So this is the big thing. Luke 4, remember when Jesus got tempted? He didn't go nowhere but right to the word, man. If you're going to argue with everything, argue with the word of God. Not like we're going to get in arguments. The Bible said it's not wise to argue. But, you know, if you have to even just, you know, if you got, well, you know, why are you guys like this? This is what the Bible says. Why are you guys like that? This is what Jesus said. If Jesus knew in the temptation that was shaking the foundation of everything. Because I got news for you. Jesus destroyed the kingdom of Satan right then and there. Notice, right? Man. Jesus spoke the word, man. It is written. You know? He tem- this is the craziest thing of all. You ready for this? You ever think of that whole story? He tempted Jesus 40 days and 40 nights, and he was hungry. And the funniest thing, right, it says this. He quoted the Bible. Kind of crazy, right? Maybe, I don't know, it doesn't say, the Bible doesn't say if he quoted the Bible earlier. But can you picture this? Like 40 days and 40 nights, he's tempted, he's tested, he's gone through it. And the last temptation was he brings the word of God and tries to deceive Jesus from the proper identity of his father. But Jesus doesn't go for it. Crazy. Quoted the Psalms. Angels are going to bear you up. Deuteronomy talks about the same stuff. And the reason why I'm teaching you this is because effective prayer will destroy the devil's assignment and release God's ability in the earth to help you. But we got to stay what it is written. Prayer is the key to heaven's storehouse, okay? But you got to have faith in prayer. Prayer without faith is like a key without somebody turning the knob, okay? And you know what 1 John 5, 14 and 15 says? We should go there. That's probably one of the best scriptures on prayer. 
asking side of prayer. And this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know we have the petition that we desire of him. This is the confidence. Confidence is faith. I like he says anything and whatsoever. Anything. You get an audience with God when you got faith. A lot of times we go, well, how do you know it's God's will? Prayer starts getting messed up because you don't know if it's the will of God. This is the confidence that we have in him if we ask anything according to his will. Well, his will is his word. If you ask according to God's will, you're asking the right thing. His will is his word. So find his word, you'll find his will. When you want to know his will, find his word. This is big because a lot of times people, they don't have a foundation to stand on based on faith. And they think like, oh, praying's like 50-50 shot. Maybe I'll get something. You know, I prayed it. maybe it's not God's will, so therefore I didn't get it. No, you better stop that nonsense. You better find the will of God first and then pray. Yeah, you'll be wasting your time if you don't get scriptural with this stuff, guys. A lot of times, now listen, a lot of times people's prayers go unanswered because they did not determine what the will of God was before they asked. Find the will of God and then ask. So now you're saying, Pastor Chris, I don't know what you mean by that. Well, there's some things directionally, obviously, you know, it doesn't say in the Bible, you know, take this job, buy this house, go do this now, but you're led to the Lord. But there's scriptural connections that'll give you access to healing, buy a stripe, some healed. So you go and say, well, I want to feel healed before I'm going to pray that. No, no, that ain't how it works. Yeah, I think that's big because as I was looking at this, you got to be careful only in this. Do I have God's will on the matter? If I don't have God's will, you better not try to release faith because you really can't release faith until you form faith, understand the will of God. Stay scriptural in prayer as much as possible. Yeah, you got to get specific. You know? These spiritual laws are going to operate. We got to operate under the law, meaning that the rules of this law, like the prayer of faith, right, is a law. You got to get under it. The confession of your mouth is a law. 
These are all laws, not like biblical laws, like, you know what I mean? You have to be good for Jesus to accept you. No, we're beyond that. Now we got laws that operate. Yeah, I think it's huge. I think that's why that two witnesses is important. You should have more scriptural proof about you're believing God for if you ask anything according to his will, you know he hears you. What is James? Let's look at James 1, right? Because James 1 is big. It really helps. I think it really, really helps. I think if we start like 6, that should be good. 6, 7, and 8. Because it talks about asking in faith. A lot of people don't realize they got to have faith when they ask. But let them ask in what? Faith. So if you're not asking in faith, you're vacillating. Nothing wavering. So have you specifically figured this out yet? Or are we kind of like winging and praying it? You know what I mean? That's, 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 that sounds goofy, but that's so true, right? But let him ask in faith. So what if I'm not praying specific prayers in faith? For he that wavered is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Let that man not think he shall receive anything of the Lord. You got to, before you start praying, and I wish to God I could, get, I could get this. We just wrote this new book. It's coming out for conference, right? Righteousness. I want righteousness to be the pillar foundation of your prayer life. Because when you know you're righteous, your prayer life's different. Right? So I got to solidify and get specific. I got to know, number one, it's the will of God for my life. I got scriptural evidence and proof. Two, I'm very specific because nothing becomes dynamic until you become specific. Nothing becomes miraculous until you become specific. You got to be specific. Well, I want a, um, I don't know, I want a car. That's vague. Well, what do you mean? I just want a car. Now, that's not, you don't just ask God for stuff. God's not a genie in a bottle for crying out loud. You just go get stuff. But you know what I'm saying? There's some things that you need in life. You know what I mean? I got, I got, I got, you maybe you got to get out of debt. Right? I mean, I've been in a meeting when a guy said, he talks about being in, I was not in the meeting. I was in a meeting hearing a story about a meeting and I'm in the meeting and I'm like, yeah. So the guy, I got two stories that blow you out. I got a pastor friend, this story will really blow you out. He owed on the church. God came and spoke to him and said, as you're paying off the church, you know what I mean? You're paying off the church. You got bought the church, he's paying off the church. Write down, like as you pay it off, write down the balance like every month because somebody's going to come and pay the church off. So the guy just said, okay, got it in prayer, right? So whatever he owed. You know, say he started the thing, it was a million bucks. And they paid down to 700000 and they paid down a little more. Well, he said, I would write it on a little piece of paper and put it in my wallet. You know, so he got to like $468,000.36. Don't say nothing. Nobody knew. Guy walks into church. Did a meeting. He would specifically pray. Thank you for the $400,638.36, whatever it was. Didn't say nothing. Didn't impress nobody. Didn't tell nobody. Guy walking into church, came up to him. Said, Pastor, 
after the service, God sent me here to pay this mortgage off. How much do you owe? He said, funny thing you should ask me, when does Wallet pull out? I owe $400,068.36. God wrote him a check for it, said, you're debt free. Glory to God. True story. Now, I'm not telling you to walk around with a little piece of paper in your pocket with your mortgage on there. But if God directs you to, you should. But see, you got to get specific. So I'm believing God. Man, I got, another, I got a car, I got a car stories wear you out. Serial numbered, Corvette. I'm sitting at the table with the guy. The guy's telling the story. I go, you, you can't make this stuff up. I said, what did you want? He said, I always liked a ninth, Paul knows which one it is. I, don't, I, I jack it up. It's like a 68 or whatever it is. It's the year the Corvette went over. It's an older car, but man, serial numbered. That means there's only so many. His wife said, you can forget it, pal. You know how much that car costs? Had a piece of property, was thinking to get about getting rid of the property, always had that car in his heart. This is not about getting things. I'm just trying to give you examples so you can learn. You know, maybe it's a loved one you want to get saved. How about that one? That's way better than those stupid money and cars. That's where we got to use your faith. But I'm just telling you, and he didn't sit there every day, pray, oh, send it, send it, send it, send it, send it. These guys are preaching the gospel, doing great things, but they just had things in their heart. They like, I got buddies that like this. Somebody likes that. You like what you like. You might like shoes. Maybe you're certain shoes you want. I don't know. I don't care. God doesn't care. But what I'm trying to show you is you might have somebody. Guy walked up. He had a piece of property because, you know, I think I am going to get rid of this property. Guy walked up before he even left the building, tapped on the window, said, sir, right here. He goes, I got something you might be interested in. It's the exact car he was believing God for. You can't make it up. You can't make it up. So what am I saying? But if you don't ask in faith, and I got a, I got a brother, not me personally, I don't have no siblings. I've been wanting this joker to get saved for years. I'm the part of a story right now in a lot of people's lives. And the story that I play, the part, is that I've been sent by God because somebody prayed for these people Years before. It's crazy. When they start telling me their story, I sat with somebody the other day, and they said this. They said, now they're lost. They were like, you know, my kids go to church. And I said, there it is. Or the kids show up, and they go, my mom goes to church. You don't think that mom's prayed prayers? Get them kids saved. The kids didn't pray prayers. Well, guess what? You got to ask everything in faith. Well, my brother can't get saved. He's a heathen. You got saved. You were a heathen too. Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea. Let not that man think he shall receive anything. James 1, 7. How are you going to receive anything you ain't got no faith? Uh, look at 8. And now he goes on. He said, you're double-minded. Now that word, you got to see this, right? He said, you are double-minded. You're mingled. Now watch this. If I can get this goofy thing to work. I just, I just, I'm spinning things around here. I don't know what's going on. I'll get it, right? Because I looked that up. That double-minded... 
And man, I'm going to tell you what. There we go. I had to get it to expand, otherwise you can't see it all. Right? I looked it up, right? I don't even know how to say this word, right? Dipsukus, Greek, which means absolutely jack. This is what you need to know, right? Two-spirited, vacillating in opinion or purpose. Watch there. Double-minded, uncertain, doubting. Now, that word, that word wavereth, right? Now, when you see that word, you know, he that wavereth, that whole thing, doubt, waver, means to differ, separate, double-minded, separate. Your mouth separates from the promise. That's what you don't want to do. You can't differ with the promise. You got to get to a place of faith. So let's, let's, let's get this, let's wrap this prayer stuff up. Be specific. If you know God hears you, you ain't got no problem knowing God's going to do it. I like Mark eleven twenty three and 24. Whosoever shall say to that, come on. You want to see Mark 11, 23 and 24? Y'all know this by now. I've been quoting Brother Hagin for 25 years or however long I've been doing this. Right? Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall say unto that mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea. And shall not doubt in his heart. Same word differ, same word waver, it's same word double-minded. Not in the Greek, but close. The different one is, see, separated, doubt, differ, double-mind, wavereth, separated. You can't separate your words from your faith. He shall have whatsoever he says. He didn't say he'll have whatever he believes. Now, we know belief is a part of it. He didn't say he would have whatever he hoped for, but we know hope's part of it. He didn't say anything about, he said, you'll have whatsoever you say. Now, he didn't say you're going to have what God said. God said a lot of stuff. He said you're going to have what you say. That's why when you ask in prayer, you got to believe he can do what you say. Now, let me tell you something. Why do you got to say it? Because I believe your words have more faith than anybody else's words in your life. But that's why you can't lie. You don't be lying about nothing. And you only want to say what you want to see. Therefore, I say to you, whatsoever things you desire, 24. I say to you, what things soever you desire. Therefore, I say to you, what things soever you desire. That's why I don't get mad when people believe for stuff that I don't even care about. Do you desire it? It's your business. That's why, man, look, the guy that wants to go, don't get out, don't go there. Well, you should believe in God. You know, I had a person in the church, right? And they're great people, right? But these well, you should be concerned about this. Everybody wants everybody to be concerned about, about their pet ministry. You know what I mean? Like, we should be concerned about, you know, 
I don't know, orphans. Yes, we should be concerned about orphans, yes. But not everybody in the church might get excited about that. Then we, sh- we should be concerned about widows. Yeah, the widows and widows, yeah, you better believe it. It's important. It's a great ministry. Somebody should start it. But not the whole church. You, you, know, you know what? This church, I got this one. Oh, I used to get one. You know, not enough people in the church care about the homeless ministry. Got the same 10 people running the homeless ministry. That's, their, that's what you're excited about. You go do it. Other people are excited about outreach. Other people are excited about prayer. Other people are excited about missions. Look, man, whatever people desire, they're going to put their, their hands to. Just because it ain't your desire doesn't mean the whole church has got to get excited about it. That's why whatsoever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive. You ever think of this? Maybe the only reason why you got that desire is because God laid it upon your heart to do it. They want to blow everybody else's candle out about when you're not excited about missions. Look, I'm not excited about missions, man. I go, but I don't want to go be no missionary. That is not my pizzazz. So you know what I do? I gave them money. You got to get real with yourself, man. You know what I mean? Well, we should be, we should all have a heart for the children. We do. But not everybody's going to go and start a kid's ministry. Not everybody's going to go start a kid's outreach. Whatsoever you desire. Then I got people, right? I'm believing God. They believe in God for fish and planes and cars and buildings. You should be believing God for souls. Man, you know how many open browser projects you should have going? You believe in God for your wealth. You believe in God for your health. You believe in God for your kids, your lost loved ones, your family, your stuff. Come on, man. You just believe in God for one thing. Your prayer life. Man, let me tell you right now. If you ain't praying with these rules that govern prayer, God, God wants prayer to work for you. The word of God is designed to work for you. Prayer is worked for you. There's all different kinds of prayer to prayer, prayer, pray prayers, pray prayers. Do that quick. Pray prayers, pray prayers, pray prayers, pray prayers, pray prayers, pray prayers. Pray prayer. pray prayer, pray prayer, pray prayer. Come on, you know what I'm saying? There's a whole lot of opportunity for you to be praying. Maybe people are like, I don't pray. You don't pray. How are you going to get this stuff done in the earth? You should be praying all day. You should be praying all day long. I want you to start praying, understanding that prayer is a covenant between you and God. And that from this moment forward, your prayer life is going to go to a whole other level. Because God has given me the ability. This is what I want you to get with tonight. Tomorrow night, I'm going to come back. God has given you his word in his word. Man, this is what got me. In his word is the currency to pay, the title deed to pay for what that promise says it can produce in your life. You ever do this? It'd be like going to a store. And you got, you got a couple hundred bucks. And you go get your groceries. And they go, this, you, got, you got $500 in your pocket. And they go, sir... But they think, they think, today at, you know, the local grocery store, you spent $300.42. You go, praise God, I got 500 bucks. I give them the 352 and say, thank you. Why? Because I got the currency in my pocket to pay for it. That's faith. 
Faith is the currency to pay for, now let me explain it, to pay for what you're asking God to do because he already paid for it and put it in his word. But you got to stand there and say, I got it. I got faith. Here's, here's, here's the title deed. Well, where's the car? It's coming. I got the title deed called faith. It's the purchase payment for the thing I'm believing God for. I didn't, look, we say, Pastor Chris, I don't have that kind of money. No, duh, Jesus paid for it. I don't have that kind of power to heal my body. No, duh, Jesus paid for it on the cross. He redeemed me from the curse of all of it. What do I got? I got faith. I got faith to pay, to, I got faith to pay for it. Faith he gave me. Now, you say, Pastor Chris, are you talking about works? No, I'm talking about faith. You got only one work. It's called the work of faith. You can't, like, you can't believe nothing and get something. You got it. Faith is the currency that produces exchange in the earth. And as long as you keep faith, it will materialize. But you can't let go of it. I don't see it. Didn't I tell you faith works in an unseen realm? Your prayers are working in an unseen realm. And the more you pray scripturally and the more you pray with faith, the better results you're going to get. Because praying should not be a hit or miss. Faith, prayer should work every time, all the time, the same way it's been divided to be for you in the earth. But the thing is this, maybe we ain't praying right. We got to build ourselves up in faith in prayer. We got to use the principles of prayer. We got to understand the new covenant governing of prayer. And we got to have faith to produce prayers that work in the earth. I'm going to talk more about it tomorrow. You're doing great, but this is why you got to stay in these summits because I'm teaching you biblical evidence and proof. Whatsoever you say is what God can do. Not what he said. He said a lot of stuff. What do you say about what God said? You know what I mean? Well, God, you bless me if you want to bless me. And well, Lord, you know, none of this nonsense in prayer. I think sometimes prayer is a waste of time. We just go in there and jibber jabber about, so you should walk in there like a like a lawyer, bro. Point number one, exhibit A, here's what I'm believing God for. Here's the scriptural evidence. Here's my faith. I believe I receive one. I pray documentation. It's, you know, such and such day. I'm believing God. It's 805. You know what I mean? Whatever. Write it down. Stay scriptural, stay faith-filled, and stay confident in your confession, and your prayer life is going to take on a whole new meaning. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for these awesome people that we have in the church. They're learning, they're growing. These videos are going to be, you know what? I'm going to be in heaven 90 years from now, and these videos are going to be in the earth. Man, there's going to be generations. 100 years from now, as long as the earth's still here, and we got YouTube. <laughs> I promise you, man, I'm watching guys. I watched Brother Hagin in the 70s, the 80s. I'm watching stuff from decades ago, man. You know, you go back and you watch those things. People are going to watch this and learn about faith, learn about Jesus, learn about the Word of God. So, Father, I thank you that they're equipped, they're learning, they're growing, they're seeing, they're knowing, they're understanding, and they're growing in this supernatural access like never before. They have the best prayer life of their life. And they're coming back tomorrow night to hear more about it. Thank you, Father, for blessing them and keeping them in Jesus' mighty name. Praise the Lord, guys. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for taking the time. Don't forget, get your notebook, get your notes, go over this stuff. Tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, we're not, we're not in person, online only. Only. So be ready to go, be, be focused, and let's make sure you grow in prayer like you've never prayed before in your life. I promise you it's happening, and it's happening right before you. Check it out. We've got some announcements for you, and we'll see you tomorrow. Love you, and God bless you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarnum. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, you can visit us at relevantfl.org. 
And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. Thanks for listening.